0: Blood on the River, (laughs) Chapter 26, William Simmons, The Proceedings, are Primary Evidence at the Top. Good men did ne'er their country's ruin bring, but when evil men shall injuries begin, not caring to corrupt and violate, the judgment seats for their own lucre's sake, then look, that country cannot long have peace, though for the present it have rest and ease. The next morning oh sorry, chapters twenty six of Blood on the River, make sure you have your book in front of you because we're reading kind of quickly and I want to make sure that you're reading along with me. The next morning I am ready. My canoe, nestled in the rushes, has a bed of blankets, a jar of sweetened water, a clean rag, and a spoon for the baby and a piece of bread saved from last night's supper for me. I go to Anne and John's cabin. Anne is busy wrapping up dried beef and bread for John, and John is trying to comfort a fussy Virginia. Let me take her for a walk in the fresh air, I say. Then you two can have some time together before the barge leaves. John gladly hands Virginia to me. Anne ties Virginia's tiny bonnet on her head and tells me to make sure I support her head. I promise that I will. The fort is swarming with people. I walk by the crowds out of the gates and just keep on going. I know there will be people outside the fort as well, so that my message will get back to Anne. At the canoe, I am in luck. Two little girls are washing clothes in the river. Ooh, can we see Mrs. Layden's baby? one asks. I tilt Virginia down so they can admire her, being careful to support her head. I am going to Point Comfort, I tell the girls as I climb into the canoe. Mrs. Layden will meet me there. I imagine the ruckus when Anne discovers Virginia is missing, and that these, these two little girls will be in the middle of it, crying out in their high voices that they saw me, and I said I was going to Point Comfort. I will have a head start by then, but I am sure that Anne will be on her way, following me. That is what I am counting on, that she will be on that barge with her husband. It will take hours to get to Point Comfort, but in my canoe I will be quicker than the barge, even with brakes to feed the child. Virginia settles nicely on her bed of blankets and falls asleep as the canoe rocks in the water. I paddle out into the middle of the river where a bit of current will speed me on my way. "'The trees on the shores have just begun to turn their autumn colors. "'The day is clear and warm and with a gentle wind. "'I have no fear of a storm blowing up to capsize us. Three times I stop paddling when Virginia fusses to be fed. "'I spoon the sweetened water into her mouth. "'Then I dip the clean rag into the sweet water, "'give it to her to to suck on, and she goes back to sleep. "'It is something I saw my mom do when she took care of a baby "'whose mother had died.' until she could find a wet nurse. It is late afternoon when we make it to the fort. I pull the canoe up on shore. Nathaniel is on watch, along with another soldier who is sound asleep. As I carry Virginia toward him, Nathaniel stares at me, open mouthed Don't ask, I tell him. I'll explain later, but please, can I put her in your tent? Nathaniel shakes his head. I have to report you to Captain Davies, my commanding officer, he says. I groan. My meat ration for a month, I offer him. His face lights up and he leads me to his tent. I feed Virginia one more time and lay, down her, lay her down on a straw bed to sleep. She has wet through the blanket. I forgot all about diapers. Then I go out on the waterfront to wait for the barge to arrive. <clears throat> I knew she would be angry. Furious, even. I'm not prepared for Anne's rage when she arrives at Point Comfort. I'll kill you, Anne shrieks. She runs at me, her hands raised. I try to grab her waist, but she is too wild. Her fingernails rake my face. I feel stinging pain, see my blood drip. Let me explain, I shout, but she's screaming too loudly to hear me. Thief! Murderer! Hang him! She yells. John disembarks as well. Are you mad, he shouts. He cuffs me hard. You deserve to be hanged. I start to panic. I've stolen a child. Will they hang me? But she is safe, I say. I did it to keep her safe. Captain Davies takes me roughly by the arm. Don't worry, Mrs. Layden, he says. He will be punished. Anne is sobbing now. Where is she? She demands. I see Nathaniel looking terrified. He does not want to be part of this. I put her in Nathaniel's tent, I say quickly. That is all they need to know. I am dragged off by Captain Davies as Anne runs to find her baby. It is a makeshift brig, but it does the job. Shackles on my wrists and ankles do not allow me to move much. There is no window, just cracks between the rough boards that let me know when the sun has set. I am left with a little water and the cold dirt floor to sleep on. For theft of the child Virginia, what will my sentence be? Hanging? Whipping? I have seen whippings where, at the end, they are flogging a corpse. Captain Smith said he wanted me alive and well. He returned to Jamestown, and may not be able to follow through on my promise. <clears throat> the worst of it is that I have failed. This has all been for nothing. Anne and Virginia will return to Jamestown tomorrow with the barge. Since this may be my last night on earth, I try to make my peace with God. I am sorry, I tell him. Sorry that I failed with James and that now I have failed with Anne and Virginia. I hope that at least he understands that I meant no harm to stealing Virginia. I ask to please be taken up to heaven with my mom. In the dark, I huddle on the floor and wish for the peace of sleep. Captain Davies! The shout wakes me. It comes from the river. Morning light slants into my cell. I hear clumsy paddle strokes and realize someone must be approaching in a canoe. Get Captain Davies! Now! The shout is closer. I hear footsteps. Voices. Someone out of breath. It was a trap! The man cries. The voices come nearer to my jail cell. I press my ear against the wall, hoping to hear, Captain Ratcliffe and his men! Only a few have escaped! I listen as he describes the horror. The men were lured to Warawaka with promises of corn. Instead Instead, they were attacked, their throats slit. Captain Ratcliffe's end was even worse. He was tortured to death. I crouch against the wall, straining to hear, but the voices fade as the men walk away. I shake my head in despair. Mormon dead. And no corn brought back to Jamestown. A sound startles me the scraping of the lock on the brig door. I get to my feet. It's time for me to face my sentence and my punishment. We're gonna read chapter 27. The top is the primary evidence, it's from William White in the Black Boys Ceremony. Powhatan thus invited Captain Radcliffe and 30 others to trade for corn, and having brought them within his ambush, murdered them. So this is Point Comfort on February 1610. So remember, um, Samuel now has been there for about three years. Snow falls, fine as sugar, but inside our cabin is, it is toasty warm. I'm about to get scolded as usual. Samuel, what are you doing? Anne stands with her hands on her hips. I'm hiding, I simply say. Watch, she likes it when I pop my head out. I drop the handkerchief and Virginia erupts with giggles. Anne shakes her head, but she's smiling. I hide again. Virginia crawls to me, grabs the handkerchief, and pulls it away. She's so pleased with herself, she laughs and claps her hands. Samuel... Stop, you're playing, and come help me, Anne says. She needs more firewood. I do not hesitate, but jump up to do as she bids. I owe my life to her. After she heard what happened to Captain Ratcliffe, Anne begged Captain Davies to retract my sentence. I don't know if I'd have survived the twenty lashes that were to be my punishment. Anne testified that I had done the right thing to convince her to be with her husband at Point Comfort. John, too, spoke up for me. He said I had meant well taking Virginia with me and that he could not afford to lose his best apprentice. I owe him my life. I owe my life to both of them. I step outside, leaving the warmth of our cabin. The air is crisp and sharp and smells of wood smoke. Snow swirls, coating the tree branches and giving everything a hushed feel. I'm wearing my moccasins, and so I walk lightly through the snow. Quiet as Kenta taught me to be. I smile when I think of Kenta. When the river thaws, I will paddle across to visit him in the Warawasak village and trade for corn. In the meantime, the Kekahotans are very close by, and my blue beads have kept us well supplied with corn from them. I go to the lean-to that protects our firewood from rain and snow and stack the heavy pieces of wood in my arms. I feel strong. I am strong. I look around at the cabins that house our Fort Algonoran soldiers. I help to build every single one of them. Snow blows into my face and stings my cheeks, but I'm warm. An image flashes in my mind of another wintry day, what seems like a lifetime ago, of me and Richard blowing on embers in a cold cabin, trying to coax up a fire. I feel a pang of missing him, and of missing Captain Smith, too, and Reverend Hunt. Then my mind goes back farther still, to a small fire in a friendly hearth, and my mom bent over a pot, stirring. I'm doing all right, Mom. I send the words up to heaven to her. I'm living with a family, with people I love, and we have food and fire. The wind is blowing from the northwest, from Jamestown. I wonder if I can smell the smoke of their wood fires, more than 30 miles away, or if it is only our fort's fires I'm smelling. The river has been frozen for many weeks now. We have not heard from them. Are they as warm and well-fed as we are, I wonder? A sudden chill makes me shiver. I feel like a splash of cold water, that old sense of doom and dread, the fear that made me desperate enough to snatch baby Virginia away. I shake it off quickly. No sense worrying about Jamestown now. I have made my duties here, and we are safe here. Safe. The word settles on, my, on me like peace and John and Virginia are here with me and we are safe. I load my arms with a few more pieces of wood then turn and walk back through the snow to our cabin. So that's the end of the actual story. But we are going to study the afterword and the author's note um, at the end. So... um. um, you'll see the next recording will be called Blood on the River afterward.